Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face-to-face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Hey everyone, Jason McKnight here along with Ben Hendricks, and we're glad you're with us today. Uh, Ben, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Other than a couple of technical difficulties on the front end, we are here, we are good. We have had a hard time getting uh, this one recording. It's because it's going to be so good. I think that's what it is, although I will say... You had all the technical difficulties, then we start recording, and I couldn't get my tongue going right, so I apologize for that. Thankfully, that's all in the past, and we're uh, live now. Listen, I got to tell you, everybody out there, of all the things in ministry that are hard to do, one of the hardest would have to be speaking to students week in and week out. (laughs) You put high school students who are trying to figure out who they are, and while they're trying to figure out who they are, they don't know how to show love or respect or so on to people. Then you have middle school students pretending they're grown up, but they're really still kids. And now you mix them all together, middle school and high school, boys and girls, and you have a cocktail ready to erupt. Emotions and hormones (laughs) and hurt feelings and innocence and, you know, all this kind of thing. So I go back to my opening statement. Of all the things in ministry that are hard to do, one of the hardest would have to be speaking to students week in and week out. And Ben, you are now in your sixth year of lovingly leading our students and their friends to Christ every week, week in, week out. How do you do it? Uh, The money's good. (laughs) Yes, you're right. That's a very good answer. (laughs) We have Uh, it on tape. Yeah, yeah. You know, somewhere along the way, uh, despite the difficulties and despite the uh, eye rolls or the sarcasm... (laughs) Kids, uh, yeah, I know. You, uh, me particularly, just you just fall in love with the students, and you really do see the Lord is ultimately the answer is the Lord is kind, and that through mm-hmm. uh, the the sometimes trenches trench warfare of student ministry and trench there, foot. Yeah, there are some really clear nights and mm-hmm. some really amazing moments where you just see that the Lord moved, and you get that one comment. And yeah. part of it is my own personality of. Eye rolls and sarcasm. Yeah, well, some of that's just me, right? <laughs> uh, and and so just over the over the years, having to mm. lean in and learn on, you know, when you get that comment from a a seventh grader, of all the people who can give you a comment, they if they the one if they're the one who said it, they meant it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, and your words, Miss McGillicuddy may say it on the end because she makes her feel better about that bad sermon. <laughs> that's right. But when the seventh or eighth grader says it, if we ever have a McGillicuddy group oh, here, I got to get a whole new. <laughs> So here's the thing. I mean, I love this, and we're calling this podcast episode something around the the topic of back to basics, because what you have discovered as you've been here all this year is the longest student pastor, the longest person investing in students that we've ever had in Grace's history. um, You have come across using the same framework every January to keep circling the students back to truth and grace in ways they need to hear. And you call it back to basics. And I don't know if the kids have caught on, (laughs) but as you were telling me, and honestly, I'm not in the mill every week. So it took me a little while to catch on. (laughs) And as you were telling me about this three or four or five weeks ago, I'm like, this is unbelievable. And maybe we're going to start doing it down uh, on Sunday mornings. (laughs) But I thought for sure on Encounter Grace, our listening community would love to hear this. We have a lot of parents, and they don't know what goes on in the mill, and so it's actually a good thing. But all of us, we need to go back to basics every once in a while. We need to learn 
uh, what it is that can start us off right at the beginning of the year. And I know now we're into February, maybe into March as we listen to this, but what I want to do is have you, been unpack for us quickly in one episode some of the high points, some of the contours of what Back to Basics mean as you unpack it over four weeks uh, up there in the mill. Yeah. So jump in and tell me how I should lead us. Yeah. Well, so... This all started about two or three years ago. I mean, it was kind of in the middle of COVID. And I just remember uh, getting ready to, we were starting the spring semester and going, well, Lord, what, I mean, this is the win- it brought the winter right before and I was preparing. I'm going, Lord, what, what is it that you want for our students? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm always trying to think of what's the, like the catchy way to say that thing or like what's, the, what's a good topic? What's the book of the Bible we can walk through that will give them the most? I mean, or the character in Scripture. And I was just, I was thinking there and, and it's always like wanting to be new and fresh because, you know, students are all like the internet, all that stuff. Right. And I don't know. It was just in this moment where the Lord was like, have you ever just thought about hitting the basics and hitting them over and over again? Mm. And I remember that I just, I kind of sat on that idea for a couple of weeks and I'm like, okay, well, what would those be? Right. And, and are they are they so good that they're worth saying over and over again? And th- these aren't necessarily so good because I came up with them. They're I think they're so good because they're true of God and they're true mm-hmm. of the things that He keeps bringing up about Himself, about us, about our story, mm-hmm. all of these things. And it's even the place where most systematic theologies start. Well, well, it is true. And the thing I also like about how you framed the back to the basics is that a different preacher or teacher or shepherd could conceivably do it differently. Yeah. And and that's the art and the science of ministry. Like, you know, medicine is an art and a science. And so you, you practice it, you work it out depending on the symptoms in front of you. It's not yeah. just baking cookies with a formula, like a recipe. So yeah. same here. So the back to the basics that you came up with, I actually was so impressed with them because I thought, you know, if I were doing this, I wouldn't have thought of those. Yeah. And then I'm like, uh-oh, I must be a disaster of a preacher, yeah. <laughs> whatever. So so a disaster of a pastor. How about that? Uh, so here's you saying, as I want to lead students in and as I want to lead disciples deeper, this is how I think the best way to give confidence and joy in the Christian faith is. So hit us hit us with number one. Or do you want to hit, do you want to say all four of them? You kind of did. So let's just jump into number one. Uh, just one at a time. Yeah. yeah. I think just, so just... the very first one, the week one that we always talk about is this big question of how does God reveal himself? And so, you know, theologians talk about this in two main ways. So these are theological terms. And we say this in front of our students. We try to try to get them out there because again, the more often I can say this, it makes me feel better. Students can take it. They're sponges. They can take 100%. in the deeper stuff. And 100%. so we give it to them in the middle. And so, uh, the two ways that God reveals himself is the very first one is general revelation. And so general is the, uh, is the, kind of a big idea the, in, uh, it's the, uh, it's the idea that God is revealing himself broadly mm-hmm. through his creation. So that's things like mountains. Like when you go to the mountains and you feel this sense of power and awe and majesty, and you think of how small you are and how big God must be, there's an aspect of general revelation. The same is true when you go to the beach and you hear the crashing waves, you, you, you feel soothed, and you feel peace. And even, but also when you get in the water and you feel the current or the undertones mm. pulling you and you know, you go, I'm, I'm really small and look how powerful this is. Yeah. And you see how, think how powerful God is. Like this is general revelation. It's also when we see artwork. I mean, mm. it's so 
God's creation, us is our creation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Sistine Chapel, if you walk in there and you're just moved, there's a reason because God is actually, in a way, revealing himself generally across the world. And so general revelation is a great, is great to feel or understand God broadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, always love the illustration like the, uh, when you walk into a dark room with an elephant and you, you touch one part and you're like, oh, it's a snake. Oh, it's a tree trunk. Like, yeah. you, you get the kind of the feel of God in this way. You feel his majesty, you feel his power, you feel mm-hmm. might, and maybe even his goodness or sovereignty or some of these big things, but you don't, you don't get the details, which leads me to the second way that God reveals himself, which is the, uh, special revelation. Hmm. And so special revelation is specifically God's special way in revealing himself. So to be very specific, that's the Bible. So yep. primarily the Bible. Uh, he often, at, I mean, well, he does at times speak directly to people. Uh, and then uh, there's even the Holy Spirit speaking in you. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. We, uh, we foundationally look towards uh, the Bible as being the, the most important one. And special revelation is ultimately the idea of God in HD. It's his likes, his, disli- his dislikes, how he would act, what he would say, what he wants, and what he doesn't want. We're seeing now not just the form of God, we're seeing the details. We yeah, see the yeah. heart, we see the, the, like a, a picture of him, which one of the reasons why is because ultimately what is Scripture about? The New Testament is, I mean, the Gospels are about Jesus. Right, what does yeah. Paul say about Jesus? He's a visible picture of the invisible God. That is what special revelation is. It's seeing God in HD. And so ultimately why this matters is I I think this can completely change the way that we see Scripture. I think so many of our students see Scripture either just as a burden, as a box to check off, or just something they have to do, right? Or or they often just see it as uh, (laughs) kind of maps, facts, mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. of stories, and some names that you should know. But when we take that step into spe- it being special revelation, it's telling us that, no, th- th- yes, they're maps. Yes, they're, yes, it's history. Yes, it's real things that's happened. But it's for a purpose, for God mm-hmm. to reveal himself to you. And that drastically changes the way we see things. You know, I actually, it also answers a really huge problem that many of us have, especially students. And I, it's this question is, does God really want me to know him? Amen. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I think we all, if we follow God long at, I mean, just at any point, like we understand this idea that he wants us to know him. But if the truth is we've all sat down in our Bibles, we like, we've probably all sat made it through Leviticus <laughs> and we're just like, God, do you really want me to know you? Like you, why are you hiding from me? And why are you choosing to reveal yourself like this? Like the great truth of general and special revelation is that God has gone to great extents and worked through so many people throughout history and through so many facts and so many amazing stories to reveal himself mm-hmm. to us. Like that's yeah. an amazing thing. And so once and for all for our students, we get the answer. Look, God's not hiding from you. He wants you to know him. I love that. And and I love that 
general revelation in um, in nature that God re- wants us to know Him through nature and history and stuff. But the point of general revelation, Romans one, Romans one says, is accountability, so yep. that we all are accountable before Him. So we all know there's something there, conscience. Yep. But then special revelation, the point of that is not accountability per se; it's salvation. Hmm. He gave us His Word so we can know his salvation. He gave us his son so we can be saved. So the outcome of those tools of special revelation, which get us to know God in HD, is so that he can save us. I love it. So true. I love it. Okay. So, and, and I love the application point that it's everybody, hey kids, and then hey parents, and then hey everyone listening to Encounter Grace. God wants you to know him. Yeah. He's revealing himself. So, then where does that? Oh yeah. Well, and it also just gives you a process to to get to know him. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it's one of the things I walk him through. It's like an accountability step one, step two, step three. Of are you engaging in any of the ways in which God widely reveals Himself? Mm-hmm. Are you pursuing and obeying God in your life at step two? And step three is always just stay consistent, give it time. I mean, because yeah. again, yeah. God's not trying to hide from you. He's not trying to be elusive. He wants you to know Him. Right. Are you taking the right steps? Right. Well, and then I think the next question is what does he want us to know about him? Yeah. And so that's great question. Wow. Wow. Look at that. That's amazing. That's ultimately what week two is about. <laughs> and so week two, we talk about uh, if God is, if God wants to reveal himself, what does he, or what is he ultimately revealing about himself mm-hmm. to you? And so there, again, there are tons of things that we could highlight right. here. I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, like the. Anyway, just, just say yeah. what you do. Yeah. Uh, I highlight four. I love these. And so the very first one is powerful. Oftentimes the way that uh, the Bible talks about it is him being sovereign. Mm-hmm. Again, theologians talk about it being omnipotent, that there's nothing outside of his power. Uh, then we talk about loving. Mm. And so that's the grace and the mercy and the goodness of God. So we have powerful and loving. And then the third one is holy, mm. so that he is righteous, but he's also perfect. Amen. And then number four is that God is immutable, so which is uh, kind of brings up two things. that he, One, the literal definition of that, which is he's unchanging, but also that he's self-existent. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't need anyone else. Uh, the way we often talk about this, and this gets into the, the third one, is like we start talking about the Bible as being God's resume. And so, mm. so many times resumes have like your strengths. Uh, no, no one really puts their weaknesses. And so, uh, I often kind of talk about <laughs> How this. How did as, you yeah, get this job? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, I didn't have any weaknesses at that point. <laughs> oh, that's I've, what it I've was. inherited those over the last couple of years. Students will do that. Uh, and so looking at this is what are the things that God is highlighting about himself? And I always just end up picking those four because I think those round out who God is. Yeah. So powerful, loving, holy immutable. Love it. And they, I, I think it's great. And they make all the difference in the world mm-hmm. for us. Yep. Because, and I, and I, I always want to get this in front of our students. Like, here's why this matters because the God that we worship, he's powerful. And he's powerful enough to do something about our problems, or our situations. That's so so good. all the way from the math test that we aren't quite prepared for. <laughs> How many miracles I prayed for. Yeah. Right. All the way to our sin and salvation itself. Mm. Beautiful. But he's also loving. Mm-hmm. And so that means that God is merciful and good enough to want to do something. Like he, he's not just sitting on the sideline going, I could, but I don't want to. Yeah. No, he's powerful and he's loving. 
but he's also holy. Mm. So he's perfect and righteous enough to actually accomplish it. Like just those three mm. as a whole are like that make up the cross, right? Yeah. Because right. he's powerful enough to save us from sin. He loves us enough to save us from sin. And he's holy and righteous enough to have been the, to pay the price. And then the last one is just that he's immutable. He's unchanging. And I think this is a beautiful thing is that God will always be who he is. And this is a particular powerful one for me because there's always this point where I think I knew God, but now I've messed up and now he's going to change the way he looks at me. Hmm. And so many of our students are in this place where they're, they're wrestling with who they are and wrestling with understanding what their walk with the Lord looks like. And that means oftentimes high peaks and low valleys of, of just their relationship with him. Sure. A major sin comes up, they, they're in obedience and they go, but the, still the Lord won't ever look at me the same. No, the Lord who loved you and was willing to save you when you didn't repent is the one who's still willing to love you and save you and has saved you now that even that you have now. And so it's such a beautiful thing to help our students see that like God doesn't change Mm -hmm. and his attitude towards you doesn't either. There's so much hope in that. So good. Yep. So he's revealing himself. So that means he wants us to know him. He's revealing these things about himself, which means so many good things for us. Mm. What's number three when we think through uh, what is it then back to basics? Yeah, so number three is ultimately just what God now says about us. Hmm. And I always frame it in a way that uh, because it's a you know, a middle school or high school way to say something that I think the Bible is saying, it's, it's because yeah. it's this idea that... Uh, the things that God won't stop saying about you Hmm. all over scripture. He's saying at least three things about humanity Hmm. as a whole. And he says, and I, so I highlight those three and it's the first one is that we are valuable. Hmm. The second is that we are loved. And the third, that we are in desperate need of help. Those are good. So we are valuable. We are loved and we are in need of help. And so ultimately, again, like the one before that, or the uh, number, the, the second week, this leads us directly to Jesus and to the cross because yeah. the, the entire reason in which Jesus came is because the Father deemed us valuable from the Imago Dei in Genesis, uh, that we are loved because he loves his creation and the pinnacle of his creation is us, and that because of our sin, we are in desperate need of help. Those three reasons are the reason why he sent his son. And so the good news that we always, I always walk them through is the good news if that those things are true of you. And then these four things can be true of you when you know Jesus, that you are a new creation, you are forgiven, you're healed, and you're whole. I think so many of our students walk around with scars and bruises and wounds that they're not, sometimes they're not quite sure they have, and many that they know they have, but they're not quite sure what to do with. And uh, there's a beauty to it of even when you're 15, 16, 17 going, I can't go back. And a beauty to be able to say to them, no, look in Jesus, not only are you forgiven, not only are you healed, you're actually whole and you're made new. Yeah, like, yeah, there's a power yeah. there that like, the, I always love this, this one because there's so much hope, right? Because the hope is found in Jesus. Uh, forgiven, healed, whole, made new because we're loved, we're valuable but we're so messed up that God had to do something. Yeah. I mean, that's good. That's good. And not just students walking around with gaping wounds. I think a lot of us have experiences or regrets or remorses or um, things we don't know how to get through. And yet God gently 
keeps drawing us in. And he keeps saying these same things. He won't stop saying these things about us if we would just open our yeah. Bibles and read them. Yeah. You know, like really. Yeah. Remember so talking true. to one person close and, and here at Grace, they're not here anymore for a long time, but she said, you know, I always knew God forgave me in my head, but I didn't feel it because all those times I would say it to others, I didn't believe it for me. Hmm. And isn't that just so interesting? Like we can know in our head and we can say it to others with everything we got, but then there's just a little corner of our hearts. We're like, yeah, but he can't really, he's not really forgiving me for that. Yeah. And it's thanks be to God that uh, we hear this again and again. We're valued, we're loved. And then we are so messed up, so he sent his son. Yeah. What else as you go through this? Well, so the one of the reasons why I land here uh, with these three is they begin yeah. to tell uh, two stories, one our story and then ultimately the gospel story, so the story mm. of Jesus. And so in the last week or week four, uh, I, I kind of tie our stories together, and I give more or less a gospel presentation. And there's a – I use a, a, a specific presentation that I picked up while I was in seminary. And it's mm. called the three circles method or the three circles presentation. And is this from Amway? Uh, <laughs> no, kidding. Uh, this is actually Jimmy Scroggins down in uh, oh, South Florida. Love it. Love it. Yeah, he's amazing. Anyways, and so I just yeah. found this to be a really helpful way to present uh, kind of our story and like tied in with this is ours and Jesus' story now uh, with us. And so the way we do this is, and I'll, I'll try, I'm going to put these on the screen for us, is uh, the... <laughs> For those of you not driving in your car. Yeah, right. But And I'll explain it to everybody else as well. Uh, but this is the benefit for having to look at us the whole time, right? Oh, poor people. Uh, so the very first thing is that there. imagine with me three circles. And in the very first circle, they'll come up one at a time. That very first circle is God's design. Hmm. And so the idea here is that God has a design for everything. I mean our families, our jobs, our choices, our money, mm. your body and what you do with it, mm-hmm. every part of your life, God has a design for. And the beauty of this is, and this is, I mean, we see this blessing all throughout scripture is that when you live your life according to God's design, you have the benefit to live uh, in the arena of God's blessing. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite words for this is, you know, flourishing, right? But there's a problem, and we all know what this problem is going to be. We, unfortunately, often live our lives in a way that's contrary to God's design. So imagine a that circle that has God's design, an arrow going to it from the to, to the to the mm-hmm. right of it, and that arrow is sin. And so, ultimately, the Bible has a has the word for our rebellion against God's design. That is sin. And the problem that makes sin even worse is that inevitably sin always leads to one place, mm-hmm. the second circle, brokenness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the beauty is we actually all, the beauty and the pain is that we all know what brokenness is and feels like because we've all been there. Well, that's true. Uh, for many of us, it feels like emptiness, feels like guilt, feels like rejection, shame, mm-hmm. and regret. Mm-hmm. 
And so in this model, uh, there, if you ever look at it, you'll see on that circle of brokenness, there's these little squiggles going off of it. <laughs> and that's somehow, other than brokenness, we make it worse. Yeah. Because what do we do? When we find ourselves in brokenness, we always try to fix it ourselves. <laughs> and so we all have our own uh, special way, I guess, of doing that. Uh, many of us, we dive into a new relationship. When the mm-hmm. last one led to brokenness, because of sin, we dive into a new one because this will make it better. Or when our jobs led our families into despair, what do we do? Well, I'll get another. I'll get another job and make more money. That'll fix everything. For many of us, and I actually see we we can laugh at this one, but I see this so often with our students. We get more religious. Hmm. It's one of the things I try to prepare our students for. We do this amazing camp every summer, but there's always one or two who come back very moved by what the songs we sang or the the message that we heard. And they go, I'm going to read my Bible three times a day. No, no, no. I'm going to read it five times. No, no. 20 times a day. And then they make it a day and then they lose sight. Like, and they just get burnt out. It's because you were, that's not, that wasn't the problem to begin with. Right. And we slowly but surely we're trying to fix our own problems and we're trying to make ourselves better. And so whatever it is we do, and we all have something that we do, right? We're all trying to dull the pain of our brokenness, and we're trying to escape it in, in some way. And so here's the good news is that we all know that brokenness really hurts, and it's a terrible thing, but it's also an amazing opportunity hmm. because brokenness draws our attention to the need for change in our lives because we just have it. When we're in brokenness, the, the truth is we need to change. But the hard part is that the change we need doesn't come from the inside. It comes from somewhere else completely. Mm-hmm. And so that change ultimately leads us to the third circle. And that third circle is the gospel. And so the gospel is ultimately just the story of who Jesus is, that the son of God who came to earth never departed from God's design in any way, not even once. Mm-hmm. But I, and as we all know, Jesus was crucified on the cross, and as the Bible tells us, for the sins of the world. Right? That's our sins. And so, when Jesus was on the cross, God did a miracle. He took our sins and He put them on Jesus, and Jesus received the punishment for uh, from God for our sins. And so, when He had done everything He came to do, He says, "It is finished," and He died. And they took His body off the cross and they buried Him. And three days later, Jesus was raised from the dead. So the Bible tells us that God raised Jesus from the dead to do two things, to prove who he said he was, the son of God, and that it, and that he could do what he came to do, forgive our sins and heal the broken places yeah. in our lives, because the gospel is the story of Jesus. And so the, the thing is, how do we go from brokenness then to the gospel? And so the Bible tells us ultimately that there are two ways to do that. The line from brokenness to the third, the second circle to the third circle gospel, there's a line, and that is to simply do two things, to repent and to believe. Hmm. First, we need to repent of our sins, right? In other words, we need to change our heart. We need to change our minds. We need to change our direction away from what we want, away from our own desires, and away from uh, what we think is right and turn back to what God's design is. And second, we need to believe that gospel story of who Jesus is, that how he was crucified for our sins and raised from mm-hmm. the dead. And that the Bible tells us if that we, if we repent and believe, we will be saved. Mm-hmm. Our sins will be forgiven and we will 
find healing in the broken places in our lives. And then finally, the beauty is that this full circle, this three circles from the, from uh, God's design to brokenness to gospel, how we get back, ultimately the gospel leads us back to God's design, a line mm. between gospel and God's design. And so that line has two things, two attributes to it, two words, and it's recover and pursue. Mm. Because the gospel leads us ultimately to recover and pursue God's design for our lives. And here's the beauty. And one thing that I always highlight for our students is that, so why God wants to do this is because when God restores our relation to him, he, we begin to discover meaning and purpose in our broken world, right? And so what's so amazing for us is this, is that you can pursue God's design in anything, in any place in your life. So how about in your heart? with the things you love, the things that you long for in your mind, with what you believe and what you claim to be true, but also your soul healing the hurting and broken places that we've long hidden because of our sin. That's good. And so one of the, the place that I always in ultimately land, it's the reason why I go with this model of mm -hmm. all of the other models is because this one is cyclical. It's like a full circle, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's always helpful. I think for our students to know that no matter where you find yourself in in this model, in these three circles, you always know the way back to get to God's design. So if you're caught in sin and you're not yet to brokenness, you can look ahead and go, "It's it, brokenness is coming, and I want to skip that brokenness. How do I get there? Why well, repent and believe in the gospel? Yeah, And it's that way that I will recover and pursue God's design for my life. Or the, just the hope for so many of our students who look at 15, 16, 17, even our 13 or 12 and 13 year olds are already in brokenness because they've held on to sins for so long. The answer is simply to repent and believe, always. you know, it's always more complicated than that, but it's just that simple to repent and believe in the, in the gospel story of who Jesus is. And out of that is to recover and pursue God's design. So that that's kind of the three circles model that we always lead them to. Right. And I love that. So this is in the last week, our story, which is also the gospel story from God's design to sin, which leads to brokenness, repent and believe, which leads us. I mean, that's how we embrace and, and yeah. incorporate the gospel. The gospel is that last and then recover and pursue uh, out of the gospel allows us to, we can't, we can try to recover. We can try to pursue God, but without the gospel, without repenting and believing it, um, what I love is that not only do you in this week, number four, back to basics, not only do you again, uh, lay out the gospel, but you also, so that if there's a friend there or there's a student there who hasn't given their life to Christ, they can, they can see that, but you also give to every person and to all of us listening today, you give us the way out of the cycle of sin, mm -hmm. even once we're a believer, because, yeah. you know, the moment I think I am not going to apologize to my wife, you know, uh, I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm compounding my wrong because I, if I'm, if I need to apologize, it means I'm already wrong. And now I'm not going to apologize because I'm prideful. So then I'm wrong. So I'm on that top sort of arrow of sin. Now it can end in brokenness, or like you say, you can short circuit that and go straight to repent and believe, which is the gospel leads us back to Jesus. And then we can get right back to pursuing and recovering. I like it. I like it. It's it's a tool for the believer, the disciple, as yeah. well as the contours of the story for the non-believer. Yeah, it's also just a great image for so many of our students who often, yeah, get lost into kind of the stuff that they also believe. Mm -hmm. And why is the gospel so important? And it's just a good image 
it's pretty easy to remember that constantly just is right there and they're kind of stuck in their head or that they can yeah. jump back to. Uh, one of the things that uh, yeah, we just found that this is one of the ones that the st- our students respond to really well. Uh, I mean, this whole, this series, and it's the reason why we keep doing it because it's constantly bringing this clarity to them every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just seeing these things of, I mean, what is God saying about himself? What is he saying about us? Yeah. And then how do we fit into that story? Yeah. And then what's our story? I love it. Well, Ben, thank you for taking the time to lay it out for us. And everybody out there listening, I hope you're jotting these notes down, or maybe you're going to come help in the student ministry so that you could be part of stuff like this. It is really fun. You know, our house church meets every Sunday night across the hall from the student ministry from the mill. And um, what I love is there's several times uh, they're having so much fun in there through the wall, through the corridor, through the wall. Yeah, it throws our mojo off, and I love it. And of course, you know, we all because most a lot of us are parents of kids and youth, students mm-hmm. and youth, and we just are like, thanks be to God for um, not only the fun, but also the crowd, but then also stuff like this mm-hmm. that you lay out for us, Ben. Thank you, uh, everybody. We'll see you back here the next time. Thanks for joining us today on Encounter Grace. Bless you. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.